tethered to the light. When you walk the path, remember everyone who has ever walked with you, the known and the unknown, the seen and the unseen. Remember that your shine is still in progress, that morning doesn't always come quick, certainly not easy. This is the life you chose to bite into bravery, to taste fruit and flower and set the table for a feast. You cannot collapse into desert when the next town over is garden. When you've forgotten you, go back and gather. Let your skin be so stained with pollen you become painted. And isn't that what we are doing? Changing? Look at it for what it is. Good is a myth in the realm of the living. See yourself for who you are. Let all of you be loved. No exceptions. No exclusions. Be forgiven. Be illuminated. For what is a shadow but the darkest parts of us? That through everything, yes, even this, remain tethered to the light. You're listening to Ink Speak, where storytelling and poetry meet the wonder and magic of living. I'm your captain, author, poet, and unearther of life, Maverick Malone. Ah, we have come full circle, cycling full speed into another year. Now that we've closed the chapter on the rush of the holidays, packed up the Christmas decorations, and start putting to use all of those new year, new me things we probably got over the holidays, like the yoga mat and the personal training session and the the HelloFresh subscription, or whatever it is that's on the horizon for you in terms of wellness. I think this time of year asks so much of us in terms of contemplation, and that's awesome. I'm all for that, to spend time reflecting on the year, what we did, where we went, how we've grown. And then there's the other part that can feel so overwhelming, this concept of starting over to change so many things about ourselves and pressure to do it in a short span of time and be unrecognizable from who we were before. So let's touch on that. I saw a video from Victoria of at the Daily Victorian on Instagram that struck me when I scrolled across it. It was of her doing yoga as she recites a poem or a little speech As many of her posts are, but this piece in particular was something that you think is one thing at first, and then you get to the end of the poem and you're like, wow, I was not expecting that. And that's that's kind of like life, right? The twists and turns and the going down of one road only to realize it's something else. But her piece went like this, and I want to read it. I had to transcribe it straight from the audio. How to be unrecognizable in 2024. Water with lemon. Hot. No gluten, no GMOs, no processed foods, no eating until noon, 10% incline, 45 minutes, no days off. Remember that fruit carbs are still carbs. Let some time pass. You used to write poetry before bed, but lately you can't hold your eyes open. You used to love to bake, but now it's too tempting. You used to love stopping for a donut on the way home from the dog park, joyfully picking out a Boston cream and some original glazed But now when your boyfriend asks if you want to stop, you say, no, I'm trying to be good. You used to listen when your friends talked. 
but tonight you can't stop looking at the bread on the table. You add up what you've eaten today in your head and say to yourself, okay, one piece, no butter, and I'll go for a run after this. First thing in the morning, you used to pray. Now when you wake up, you go straight to the bathroom mirror and look at your stomach. Congratulations, you don't recognize yourself. This piece asks us to consider the culture of the modern transformation, as I'm going to dub it. This idea that to be more, to achieve success, to become our, quote, best selves, we have to be unrecognizable. And the Western rhetoric for this often goes hand in hand with drastically changing physically. We have to diet and lose all of the weight. We have to tighten and tone and count calories, exchange our joy for a smaller waistline or whatever it is that we're chasing. All well and good if you're doing it for health reasons. Do we really need a steady diet of only donuts? No, probably not. But the culture here is a nod to the consumerist ideals that to achieve happiness or even to just be okay with ourselves, to be, quote, good, to be acceptable. We have to radically change who we are. And maybe you're thinking, yeah, but Mav, isn't that exactly what you did? You changed your name. You switched up your look. You yourself say you are a whole different person. And yes, point you, but not in a way that spoke to myself from a negative place. None of that change came from a place of self-loathing or shaming my way into change in any way, shape, or form. It was not in a mean, chastising way of, you better not eat that piece of bread. You better be someone else entirely to be happy, and it can include X, Y, and Z. I think the main difference here, the importance here, is that to reach for any kind of joy We have to be motivated from a place of joy, to do something purely out of love, to want to better our health or change our appearance, or yes, eat the fifth slice of bread, because you're saying to yourself, I love myself enough to not deny myself. When we really break it down, the idea of the new year starting in January, this whole concept of starting over, does it even make sense? The older I get, to me, it really doesn't. Not here in the U.S. anyway. It's winter here. January is cold. It's staying inside. It's warm soups and blankets and sweatpants. It gets dark very early and it's often overcast. Not very synonymous with sun like spring and summer are. Seasonal depression is absolutely a thing. And here we are spreading this rhetoric that as soon as the clock strikes midnight and we're ushered into a new year, January 1st, it's suddenly time to start working out 24-7, lose the holiday pounds, shed our skin, bloom again, get a new job, overhaul everything, plan out these massive goals for the entire year, come up with rigorous schedules that we pressure or even bully ourselves into sticking to when it's, it's really just hibernation season. It's slow down and watch the rain from the windowsill season. It's love yourself a little harder and have patience and compassion for where you're at season. It's give yourself leniency for not suddenly dropping 15 pounds two weeks into the new year. It's giving yourself grace if you didn't reach last year's goals. It's telling yourself it's absolutely okay to skip leg day or fall off the wagon entirely. It's moving inwards. Yes, I think it's great to have goals and to want to change things about ourselves, so long as they're motivated by love, not hate. But the idea that we have to be an entirely new person or work out every day to do that is just toxic. 
this whole new year, new me thing is a motivational myth. This idea that it has to be all about getting into shape. Also toxic because there is no one shape. Who decides what that shape is? Or that January is the only time one can start this. And that if you lose steam a couple weeks in, you're somehow doomed and can't ever start again? No, absolutely not. There's, there's immense pressure to have this amazing year when it should just be about finding your joy in any and every moment that presents itself and finding the lessons and the challenges that will inevitably come. And can we, can we dispense with this idea that if you backslide or regress, that it's somehow bad or means something bad about you? Your life is a series of caterpillar moments. And some months you're the butterfly, and the life cycle of a butterfly is a relatively short one. Then you become the caterpillar again. I read a post the other day that made me stop and go, wow, that hits. And it said, the version of you that carried you through this year somehow, thank her with gratitude before you tell her what she can do better in 2024. I'm going to read that again because I want it to sink in. The version of you that carried you through this year somehow, thank her with gratitude before you tell her what she can do better in 2024. I thought about that in relation to my own life, especially with where I've been mentally lately, which is recognizing and coming to terms that, yeah, I am in my own personal winter during actual winter at tracks. I think a lot of us are when we're being told we should be in spring mode, doing, improving, working harder. I've honestly been pretty down and depressed the past couple of months dealing with a barrage of heavy things off and on that keep coming up. But just this general feeling of malaise, lethargy, and disconnection from myself that's kind of been hanging around. And the bleak cold and staying inside when inclement weather forces me to doesn't help, but that's a metaphor. That's the one that hits the hardest right now. That feeling distant from certain aspects of myself and having a melancholy nostalgia for parts of my journey that have now passed. I think for me, I've wanted to change for so long and now that I am, now that I've done these things, am doing all of these things, still in an active state of growth, it just looks and feels different now. That when things slow down or begin to shift, to feel different than what I've come to know, I stumble. I have difficulty sitting in that, in this place of rest. It's this kind of sorrowful stagnancy. That's what it feels like for me. But we can't always be in a state of outward growth, of blooming. We can't always be doing. That's why we have seasons. That's what winter is here to teach us. The version of you that you were last year, whether it was a good year for you or not, that version still deserves your reflection and your gratitude and your acknowledgement because without that version, you wouldn't be here. And it's so easy to chastise ourselves, to want to be this or that, do this or that, to change the parts of us we struggle with. But they've all got us here. Winter is about rest. This season is about stillness and reflection. And for me, that's a really tough lesson. I have a very active mind a growth mindset at that, and given my past, yeah, I'm still haunted by those thoughts sometimes. I think we all are, no matter how much healing we do. When I look in the mirror and want to still kind of change things about myself or hear that voice at the back of my head saying, don't do this or that, telling myself what I can do better. That's the thing though, right? We can always do better. Better is a possibility. 
best is unattainable because that's perfection and that doesn't exist. And striving to do better is a wonderful thing, but not if we're constantly pushing ourselves and don't stop to appreciate where it is we are. I'm in a forced state of rest right now, actually. I've noticed this about myself. When I'm doing too much, taking on too many projects, be it creative or otherwise, when I'm making too many plans, trying to do, 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 getting stressed out at work, not scheduling time to just literally sit in my house and take the pressure off myself and do absolutely nothing, I notice that things start happening to nudge me towards rest. I will get sick or my daughter will get sick and I'll have to stay home with her. Social events will get canceled. The weather will keep us indoors. And that's what's happening right now for me. I actually I actually had this really incredible Vegas Death Valley trip planned with a friend for this week. I was supposed to be there right now as we speak. But the weeks leading up to the trip, I began just really struggling with my mental health. That is to say, just feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and honestly very blah, bland, and having more sad girl days than I'd like. And the idea of travel, packing, dealing with the logistics and finances of it began to pile up. And then Tennessee got dumped on with a whole bunch of snow and ice, and I had to work from home taking it day by day to see what my travel plans would end up becoming because I was supposed to drive to Nashville to fly out. And I began questioning the safety of it, having to travel on the interstate over some mountains here and not feeling comfortable about it. Hearing about all the accidents and the car wrecks and schools and businesses were closed, I was housebound and not sure I was going to make this trip, if I was going to make it happen. Then the universe forced my hand. I got a call from the dog border I take my dog to that their heat just happened to go out in their kennels the day before I was supposed to fly out. And they had to cancel all of their boarding reservations until further notice. So the decision was ultimately made for me. I had no one to watch my dog. And later that evening, I also found out that my ex has the flu. And I have to watch my daughter anyway now to keep her from catching it. And it was just one thing after another of these clear signs from the universe that it was in my highest good to stay home. It's not my time right now for a trip. So I canceled my flights and backed out of the trip. And I was okay with that. With the surrendering to... What is, because I know there's a reason I was being pointed in that direction. I'd learned this lesson the hard way years prior and decided to heed the warning this time. So let me tell you that story real quick. Back in 2021, my first ever official solo trip was about three months into my divorce process. And I was a fucking wreck. (laughs) I was stressed out as hell, so incredibly anxious. I think it was actually down to about 109 pounds during this time from pure stress. I was not dieting at all or over-exercising. I was just stressed the fuck out all of the time. And I somehow thought flying to Tampa by myself in that state to spend Christmas alone was a good idea. I even went through this weird phase where I felt so terrified of actually flying, which isn't like me at all. I love to fly. And I recognized it wasn't like me at all. And I see now it was just my brain and body screaming at me not to go. The night before my flight, I was doing yoga to calm down and I pulled a muscle or something in my neck and I almost fainted. I remember getting really dizzy and almost passing out in my living room and felt so sick to my stomach and feeling like I needed to go to the hospital. But I was alone in my house and I didn't think I was in a state to drive. So I actually went as far to dial 911 on my phone. 
But somehow, here's where the universe intervenes through technology. My phone just gave this bizarre tone I have never heard before when I was trying to dial out. The call legit would not go through because of course I didn't need an ambulance. I was just freaking the fuck out and panicking and felt so incredibly alone in a moment of panic and terror. And God, the amount of money I would have had had to owe for an ambulance ride, I am thankful that call didn't go through. So I ended up driving myself to the hospital that night. And of course I was fine. They couldn't find anything wrong with me, but it was just my body throwing signal after signal that I didn't need to take that trip. What I needed was rest. I, of course, forced it anyway, having already bought the plane ticket and paid for the hotel. And I went and that trip was a disaster. (laughs) I had just started anti-anxiety meds that day for the first time ever not knowing how my body would react to them. And I remember being in that hotel room going out of my mind. My head was pounding and my body was instantly rejecting the medicine. It actually made my anxiety worse, but for the handful of days I was there, it was just awful. I was already in this terribly unstable place with severing basically the only relationship I had ever known. I had just left that, made the decision to to get a divorce and started that process, not knowing what was coming next if I would be alone for the rest of my life, if I could make it on my own, just this whole host of irrational and ruminating thoughts that made everything worse on top of my physical struggles, not getting the right nutrients, living in a state of stress, being underweight, being alone in a time of mental crisis, basically. I can't even begin to describe it to you, the mental place I was at on that trip. And yet there I was at the time, still posting on Instagram like everything was fine. Think about that next time when you're looking at someone's reels. Or their posts. You never know what's going on behind that picture. It got so bad that I had to change my flight so I could fly home early and could only get a flight back into Nashville instead of Chattanooga. And my parents had to come get me at the airport and drive me home back to Chattanooga. It was that bad. But I get it now. I can see it. With reflection and time comes wisdom. And I see now that I was in no place to take that trip. I wasn't ready mentally, nor was I physically ready, but I pushed myself. I told myself stories that I was ready, that I should go. And worse, I was making it mean something about myself if I didn't go. That I was somehow weak or something. I wanted so badly to prove to myself that I could do it. Could be on my own like that. And of course I could, but that was a whole journey that I was trying to expedite before I was ready. What I needed was to stay home and rest. Move slow. Work on the inner moving pieces we can't always see coming into a much more balanced state before starting those solo adventures in that personal spring. I was trying to skip winter and sprint to the finish line. So this week, when it seemed to be sign after sign of the universe being like, hey, you need to take it easy right now. Look at how you've been feeling lately. Have patience that you'll get to do all of these exciting things when the time comes. But right now, with everything you're going through, with everything coming up, you need to put the focus on you and move slow. The new year offers us this, quote, fresh start, so to speak, but it doesn't have to be a bucket list, a laundry list, a to-do list of things to check off on some kind of made-up timeline. Everything happens when it's ready, and we shouldn't bully or force or shame our way into change. On the last episode, I said how we're basically just plants, and all we want is love and to be sung to. I actually really do love being sung to. And if we're plants, then... What winter is asking us to do is embrace that. Embrace these periods where things move slow and we don't grow as much. Speak kindly to ourselves when we don't see that growth. 
we're snuggled up into the ground right now, moving our roots deeper. Maybe some of us are in darker spaces right now, like I kind of am. I feel like I am anyway. I've had so much come up around that, this version of myself that I am right now that feels so far away from solo traveling, exploratory, fire starter poet Mav, who's maybe more sad right now than she'd like to be, doesn't have the motivation to go to work or work out nearly as much, can't get up in the mornings, throws her hair up into messy top knots, wears whatever is comfortable or clean, caring less about my appearance right now. I just don't feel as inspired and I'm just moving differently, very differently right now. This version of me that's crying a whole lot, sometimes for no reason, that asks when I'll start feeling like myself again. But that's the thing. I am myself. This is just another version. These are all just other versions of ourselves we're experiencing. Maybe we feel disconnected because we're not used to these versions or because the world paints them like they're not acceptable, like we shouldn't make space for them. We want all of the good feelings because those uncomfortable ones are hard to accept, right? To sit in that space and be like, yeah, I love this version too. That's hard to do, but that's what's being asked of us. I actually brought this up to my friend, how I was feeling scared. I was stuck like this in a rut, in a funk sad, depressed, whatever, and what that meant about me, what that would mean for my relationship. And here's where I'm going to get really vulnerable and share something deeply personal because I think it's important. But I said to her, I had this gut punch thought then during a really tough day at work of what if he, he being my boyfriend, doesn't love this version or part of me? What if I'm not the girl he fell in love with? What if I stop writing poems and just become so disinterested in life and I'm just stuck being sad? And then he leaves. And in asking that, she helped me connect the dots that I still had this belief that some parts of me were unlovable. And this is such a common theme, such a common belief we don't want to acknowledge, that we're somehow unlovable. Even after all of this work I've done on myself, I thought, wow, There's still an anxious and tender, vulnerable part of myself that thinks only certain versions of myself are deserving of love. Why not this version too? Is this also not worthy of love? And as I reflected on that, I had an epiphany. In projecting that onto my relationship, in saying, what if he can't love me as this? I realized it wasn't about him at all. It was about me. It was me that was having trouble loving myself like this. It was me that was having trouble accepting myself like this. My friend, voice of reason that she is, encouraged me to talk to him about my fears. And when I brought it up, he put me at ease and shared some of his own heart medicine with me, helping me through this because it's moments like this that offer a healing opportunity to choose differently than maybe we would have in the past. Whereas before, I never would have shared something like this with my partner, let alone a podcast audience. (laughs) But communication is so vital. And I believe in honesty and authenticity and absolutely vulnerability, especially something as deep as this, these core wounds, these old beliefs, and making a bid for connection through emotional vulnerability and honesty is a healing opportunity. It's how we work through these deep-seated fears and alchemize them. It's also an opportunity to connect. Because I'm no, I know, I know for a fact, I'm not the only one that has this belief or this fear. In sharing that with my boyfriend, he was able 
to offer reassurance and hold space for this part of me that I've had difficulty reconciling with. Also, he's a soon-to-be therapist, so of course he would come out swinging, putting things gently into perspective. So for the sake of wisdom and lessons, I want to share part of the text he sent me back that he said I, that I'm good to share on this podcast. And he said, it's easy to love the parts of ourselves that are our strengths and us at our best. It is so, so much harder to love the part that lets us down, that stumbles instead of remaining consistently on course. You are an amazing person just by existing before having done or achieved anything. All of you is worthy and deserving of appreciation, respect, tenderness, and most of all, love. You know what's amazing. You sharing with me that you don't have it all figured out and that things aren't feeling good right now and that it hurts because that lets me get to love that part of you. And most importantly, you get to love that part too. I hope all of you out there listening right now have at least one or two people like this in your life. I don't mean a romantic relationship. Yes, sure. That's amazing. But I just mean people, friends, family, someone who, when you reach out and make a bid for connection or divulge to them that you are not feeling your best, or you get real honest and say something like, I'm afraid I'm unlovable, that you have someone who can remind you that you are absolutely lovable. And if you don't have that person, then I want to be one of those people for you. And I'm so grateful you are listening to this specific episode right now. The new year isn't about shedding every old version of ourselves and the things about us that we don't like. It's about integrating them. It's about acknowledging them. It's about honoring them. Is it easy to be in this place of lethargy, of lack, feeling like something's missing, feeling sad more than I feel happy, being confronted with the past so often, showing me more things to work through that I haven't yet integrated? No, of course not. Of course it's not easy. That's why I'm personally being asked to slow down. That's the point of seasons like this, so that we can stop moving long enough to be able to look at and to hear these things. And as we do, that's showing them love. That's no longer ignoring them or shoving them deeper and deeper down. That's embracing them and being like, yes, I can accept this too. Not an easy thing to do. It's so hard to love our anger, our selfishness, our moments when we're not as empathetic or compassionate, times when we get it wrong, when we're lazy, unmotivated, exhausted, whatever it is, when we don't feel our best selves. But what's a best self anyway? I think for me, I struggle so much loving these other aspects of myself because for years, I tried so hard to be, quote, good. But good in terms of how other people defined it, to please people. So when those other aspects of self would come up, they were rejected. I think this is the case for many when we express seemingly negative emotions growing up and they were shut down. We learned that only certain emotions, that only certain behaviors, certain versions of ourselves were okay, were acceptable. No wonder we have trouble accepting other aspects of ourselves. But all of us is worthy of love. As I wrote in my opening poem, good is a myth in the realm of the living. Your soul and the divine God, whatever you believe in, whatever you want to call it, does not see in black and white and therefore does not recognize good or bad. Those powers that be, that connection, that energy is just one of pure love that loves you at any and every version, at any and every weight, at any and every whatever, insert term here, especially those shadow aspects that you find harder to love and accept. 
no matter what you do, who you become, how you act, those mystical, magical forces, God, whatever, loves you. And it is not conditional. But we as humans love to put rules, stipulations, and labels on everything. The poem I opened this episode with took me a while to write, meaning that I hadn't written anything new in a couple of weeks because of the state of being that I've been in. Because I felt uninspired and full disclosure, kind of hollow and empty at times. I've been doing EMDR a lot lately in therapy and it's brought up a lot of tough things. So mentally there's there's just a lot going on I'm sorting through. But also, hey, winter season. I'm not always going to be in a creative flow state. But as such, I've been dealing with this phase. This, this opening poem found me one morning because the night before, I said out loud to the universe before bed that I wanted to process some of this stuff. And what works best for me is written word. So I kid you not, the next morning, I woke up and these words were sitting in my head and I just instantly wrote this poem in one fell swoop. And I needed those words. And I think if I needed those words, I think someone else needs them too. To be reminded that we all have both dark and light. It's part of being human. We're not going to be full-blown roses 100% of the time, right? We can't be. It's not sustainable. But yes, even our thorns are lovable. What I needed to hear was that even my darkest parts are still parts of me. They're parts of you. They're parts of the whole that if we have dark, well, we also have light. And that's where it's all rooted. We don't have to be this or that. We don't have to be good. We don't have to weigh a certain amount, look a certain way, or achieve certain goals to be worthy of love. We don't even have to try to eradicate these shadowy parts of ourselves because that's not showing them love. That's coming from a negative space. Yes, choose to be a better human. Choose to look at those parts, but do so lovingly. Invite them in. Ask them to talk to you. Be patient with them as you move through it. Listen to what they have to say. As backwards as it seems, they're trying to protect us in a way. We have to love ourselves through our rough periods. That's all I'm saying. And it's been a tough lesson. Happiness can be so fleeting sometimes, but I love feeling it. Of course, we all want to feel happiness and elation. Can we be happy all of the time? No, we're human. Everything is a spectrum. And honestly, how boring would life be if we didn't experience other emotions? But what we can do is hold space for these versions of ourselves we don't like as much because It helps clear the path so that we can feel happiness more frequently. We have to integrate the shadow. We can't get rid of it. This is the work. All part of it. For 2024, I decided my word of the year is intention. I think that's a good one. Instead of setting some outrageous resolution or lofty goal, all well and good, I wanted my year to be more mindful, doing things from a place of intention. To even just ask myself that question before I do things. What is my intention for this? How do I want to feel? What do I want to get out of it? What is truly motivating me? And I had this conversation with the universe last night because, yes, I absolutely lay on my peacock blue velvet sofa and talk out loud to a room full of energy. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean there aren't beings there listening to what I have to say. And also, God, I'm the most Gemini Gemini sometimes because I literally talk to walls. But I said, I said, you know what? I don't care if I don't attain these things I want because it's not about the things. It's not about having a luxurious house or a closet full of fabulous clothes or a job that pays six figures. Would those things be nice? 
Well, yeah, definitely. But I've mostly detached myself from the level of need I had for those things, for stuff, for just the stuff I accumulated a lot of. And definitely I used to shop, use shopping as a coping mechanism. So I've detached from most of that, at least from the level I had before. And I said, even if I'm not ever published by a big publishing house, even if I don't attain these huge career goals and aspirations I've set for myself, even if I never get to see the world. And I literally kind of choked up as I said that part because I desperately more than anything want to very much see the world. The furthest I've ever been is Mexico. But I said, even if I never attain those things, if this is all there is, me speaking my truth and telling stories into a microphone for an audience of like maybe 20 people, and me self-publishing poetry books, and me being here in Chattanooga for the rest of my life, then okay, so be it. Because what I want are the feelings. As long as I can feel fulfilled, passionate, loving, inspired, happy, grateful, more often than not, I will be okay. As long as I have meaningful and loving relationships and connections in my life, as long as I have art, creativity, storytelling, music, nature, these things to help me cultivate the feelings, to feel the way I want to feel, I will be okay. And you will too. That's what any of us are chasing anyway. It's not the things we want. It's not the actual goal or the recognition or the achievement, the accolade. We want the feelings associated with that. We're emotional creatures, and I want 2024 and forward to be the intention, to be with the intention of cultivating those feelings within myself. Peace, love, joy. The more I have of those, the more I can share with you. You have those too, and you have made your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit a really beautiful place to exist. So don't beat yourself up like I was doing. Simply set the intention to be gentle with all of your seasons. Let me remind you, just as my friend and my boyfriend did for me, that you are inherently worthy of love just as you are. Like this, right now, in whatever state that is. Sweatpants, unwashed hair, not meeting your goals, sleeping in, being late to work, feeling disheartened or depressed, extra pounds, sadness, melancholy, anger, whatever it is. Let yourself be loved because when you start doing that, you become the catalyst of the very change you were desiring. And remember that spring follows winter. The sun will always return. You won't be stuck like this forever. It's a passing season, nothing more. So allow yourself to just be in it. You are loved. And you are tethered to the light. Thanks for sticking around until the very end. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my one woman show, please subscribe and share it on social media or leave a rating and review. Reviews will help this pod to be found more easily and that in turn helps this whole thing grow. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mav Malone. Let's connect. My DMs are always open and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest events, books, and podcast episode releases, please head to my website, maverickmalone.com and sign up for my email newsletter. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.